What is up, gamers? My name is Chris, and welcome to the third episode of Horton Brothers Grimm, a video game podcast. As always, joining me are my two brothers, Scott and Zach. How the hell are you two doing? I'm doing wonderful. I am doing well. Uh, it's good to hear that you guys are both well and happy and uh, not ticklish, right? Not ticklish at all. I'm a, I've always been ticklish, you know this. Oh. I was sorry, I was reading the wrong notes. Let me switch back. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whoops. Okay, there we go. <laughs> guys, thank you. <laughs> so guys out there on the internet, thank you so much for checking out our third episode. We appreciate it. And as always, we will ask you that you give us a five star review and comment on iTunes. Your ratings are what help this podcast grow and we appreciate everyone who has left a rating so far. And there's been about six or seven people who's actually left a comment, so we're doing pretty good there, guys. I really am pleased with the support we're seeing out there, guys, so thank you so much. Uh, but as a matter of fact, Zach, you have a special shout-out to one of the fine people yes. who's left a comment. Yes, so I tell do. Tell us why this one is so special. Well, we talked about some things uh, that may or may not have happened I'm I'm just gonna say they happened in the past, and uh, it had to do with Mister Scotty Waddy Potty here and Lady sure, Mime. Lady Mime, <laughs> thank you for keeping this going, and uh, special shout out to you. So hashtag Scotty Waddy Potty. Hashtag yeah, oh yeah, it's great. Embrace <laughs> the Waddy Potty guys. Embrace it. <laughs> so thank you so much guys if you will leave us another comment put scotty waddy potty i think it's going to be our favorite so, so continue yes. that please something is wrong with you guys and you need to get yourself checked i'm telling you um we we are your siblings so it's your fault yeah. it's not it's it's not my fault <laughs> if you had oh never gosh. been named scotty waddy potty it wouldn't have mattered well, it's you little punks that came up with it. I think it was all Chris, but it's whatever. Hey, that's what I do here. I come up with fun names <laughs> for people. So embrace the Waddy Potty. You remember Love growing it. up, I got all the hand-me-downs, so I just went with the flow. Yeah, I got you. Mm-hmm. I'm a Gemini also, so I played both sides of the fence. So if like I needed help with either one of you, I'd team up with both. Which just depends on who we were fighting against. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. It's kind of like a gamer survivor. Whoever wouldn't vote him out, he was going their side. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> don't snuff out. That. Don't snuff out my torch, yo. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, as usual, guys. Today we're going to be talking about three games: a game from the past, a game from the present, and a game from the future. Today we start the conversation off talking about Phantom Twenty Forty. A game that released on the Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and Sega Game Gear way back in 1995. Zach, you chose this game for this episode, so please start the conversation and tell us why this game resonated enough with you for us to talk about it here today. Okay, so this was one of my favorite games to play basically all the time. Uh, we would rent this game. We never actually owned it. <laughs> we would rent this game from a local store. That also sold auto parts. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I would rent it as, 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 uh, often as I could. And, uh, really, there was no cheat codes for this game. And, uh, I, I don't even know if Game Genie even had cheat codes. I'm sure they did, but you would actually have to try to play this game, work at playing this game, get good at playing this game if you wanted to do anything in this game it, it wasn't jump, something you could just jump in beat and move on and and i think that's really what brought me back to it over and over the replayability in my opinion is there because you just get so pissed off about it there are different endings to the game when you're playing based on your choices throughout the game it's really in depth that way the super nintendo had decent graphics um i never got to play it on a genesis but from what I've seen nowadays on like an emulator, the Sega Genesis did have better graphics due to I guess the 32-bit versus 16-bit. Yeah, the graphics on the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, on some games weren't uh, weren't as good as they could have been. But it's like you say, you know, the Genesis had the 32 bits. It just had more power. Yeah, it just had a little bit, a little bit more 
product production from the actual system itself. And um, one of the things I really remember about this game is I don't know if you guys remember Bone Thugs and Harmony. It was it was freaking ridiculous. But I would listen to like some of their music while I'm playing this. So like Phantom would be walking across the screen. I'd have the game turned down while I'm listening to Bone. So like Mo Murder mm-hmm. would come on or something, and he would just walk into the uh, to the beat of that song. It was pretty cool. Oh man, that would make tw- Phantom twenty forty or twenty forty so much better. And I got to do that next time I play. <laughs> right, do it. I'm serious. And I mean, yeah. the, the game had good music on itself, but uh, you know, I was I'm actually impressed with the music in this game. Did really well, um, as well as you know, just having the gameplay was good. The controls are are really fluid. Uh, you got to be really good with that. Uh, shit, I forgot the name of the rope, but it's the rope you use to shoot out of the gun. To uh, like hang on to walls, ceilings, such. Yeah, you, know, you of course you can get an upgrade there, like the first couple of stages, so you can get high up, get a couple of extra men. There were some places that you'd have to go to really explore and get, you know just gather up a bunch of items, and and that way you can make sure you survive, uh, especially with all those uh, robots up your butt the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I remember the freaking robots. Sure, you do, sissy yeah. man. Yeah, I hear you, sissy. They were big respawning respawning robots. It's kind of like Mega Man or anything like that. If you go back to an area, the robots are coming back. They're going to pile on you, especially when you get more into the game. It actually starts happening more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you notice that yeah. with the with the the game itself because it would actually slow down, uh, kind of have like a like a lag, you know, like a frame rate drop. Uh, whenever you'd have like it's excessive. Uh, enemies on the screen yeah that that was just one that was just one of the points see i had a few uh few little issues with that game and uh oh okay here here goes uh-oh. mr yeah, scotty we, uh, body scorn that's right yeah you <laughs> jackass a little bit of scott scorn going on here you know the, the rope he's talking about right so oh my god to begin with this little rope was so short you could barely use it. You had to jump and nearly be right in front of whatever you were going to stick to to be able to make it work. Not only that, but to do the platforming part of it, you know, you have to climb you have to climb up and then you have to go over. So it wasn't like you could fly like on the Superman game we talked about last time. You had to climb with this stupid rope. Well, if you miss you fall all the way back down to the bottom, and then you have to do it all over again. It's that made a pain in the ass. And then not only that, the robots, like he said, they kept respawning, but they just didn't quit. Did you right? shoot you though too much, there, buddy? Yes, it was definitely a pain in my ass. I, that's why I didn't play this game very much. It it, 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 it was just. I mean, I watched you play it, and it was okay to watch, but I couldn't play it because the freaking. I never could master the controls, so that was an also that was also a pain in the ass. The one boss fight I remember doing was I guess you fought the robot guy. Yes, it was the, the robot the guy. God have half mercy. Half robot, half man guy. So you want me to tell you how to beat him? Well, you have to shoot the arms first. I actually did beat him. It took me like seven or eight times to play this guy well, to I'm actually kill him. The easiest way to beat him is to jump up onto that little ledge, or it's not a ledge, but the right side of the wall, you'll rope yourself up on like halfway up, and then you drop yourself down and hang, and you just shoot him continuously until his arms fall off. Yes, you go down a little further and you shoot his legs. Now, after you shoot his legs, this motherfucker starts shooting out like flames, uh, like I guess it's C4 or whatever he's throwing at you, so like the ground is covered in uh fire and you got to jump around things like that so you just it's one of those uh, like if you were playing Mega Man X for instance where you would have to use your X buster like continuously just to kill crap you know that's pretty much mm-hmm. what you're doing the whole time there yeah and uh <clears throat> running out of ammunition on that game you know so a lot of those games you didn't really run out of ammo you just could keep shooting but you run out of ammo on this game and then you can't find any more after you run out because you've already picked up the rest of the ammo that was left in the stage, right? Well, you pick up the little packs that you have to go into your menu, use the pack of ammo or the battery for the your actual gun, the energy. Ah, yeah, okay. And then, so. like, if you took 
like there was plenty of med kits uh, and energy boxes that were in the game that you it was made it easier. So I don't know. Well, so the one thing about Phantom Twenty Forty is it's an exploring game. You got to explore everything, it, go into every little part of the level to find. Like we were talking about earlier, uh, at the beginning of the game, if you go back into the university, you can explore the inside of the university, and there's health packs, there's energy packs. Right, and you are limited after you complete that university part the first time. You're limited to where you can actually go into the university, but that's okay, because later on in the story, uh, you, you know, you unlock different things. That, and, and that plays in the part of... Um, you know, the different endings and things like that. So you'd have to actually replay the game. There's a lot of people that was, you know, complaining about, I'm going to replay the game to get the other endings. And, wah, okay, it's it's a game with substance. <laughs> you know, they actually thought this through. And, uh... Yeah, it was one of the few games on the Super Nintendo where the, you know, the replayability, like you were talking about earlier, it was, it was a factor. You had to go back in and replay it to actually, you know, to get all the stuff in the game. And if you're a completionist, then, you know, I guess that would be kind of annoying to have to replay and replay and replay. Yeah, and you gotta re you gotta think about, you know, what time of you know, what era this was released in. Right. You're talking about no internet. Uh yep. you know, you don't really have much to do if you're sitting at home, so I mean you either play your Super Nintendo or your Sega, whatever you had, or you go outside and build a treehouse or <laughs> smack the dog whatever was going on in your area i mean that's pretty much what you had to do that's about right so when a game like this came out it, it was very refreshing to those games that really didn't do much for you back then and it being two years after the super nintendo came out and yeah, i think they had a pretty good grasp of what was going on with the actual system itself well you know the i'm sorry go ahead I was just to say the game performs uh, does perform very well. It's got very smooth controls. Very uh, the fights and stuff. If you get it down, you can kill those robots pretty consistently. You know, if you get your uh, strategy down right. What I do is I just shoot while I'm walking, and usually, you know, every once in a while you get a duck because those little bastards are tricky. They'll just the they'll just shoot before you get on screen. I'm like, well, they're pre-firing like Call of Duty kids or something. <laughs> Well, the one thing I noticed playing, I played the Super Nintendo version and the Genesis version today, and the one thing I noticed is you actually run out of ammo or energy faster on the Sega Genesis than you do on the Super Nintendo. So, okay, on the Super Nintendo, the strategy of shooting ahead actually was okay because you didn't run out of energy that often. You actually, it gave you energy a lot more. The Genesis, you didn't get a lot except for the packs you could get that you would have to use. But you also, uh, the Genesis you know, had nine... Again. Uh, nine lives versus four or five. Right, right. You do start with nine lives on the Genesis. But I will say this, on the Genesis graphically and the stage layouts were a little different and they're a little bit more detailed on the Genesis too. That was the thing. Yeah, they, they had a little bit a little bit more to work with on their, their engine and everything there. Yeah, which I mean, both games are fun. Not trying to say that. I, I just enjoyed the Genesis version better because of the graphics and the stage layouts were just a little bit better but as you was talking about earlier you know there's 20 different endings for this game yes yes and i'm pretty sure i haven't seen them all there's only a few of them that are considered successful endings i mean i i enjoyed watching zach play this game now this was one of the few games i actually liked to watch him play because i mean i wasn't good at it and that's at the same time i had a hard time coming up with i had a hard time coming up with bad things about the game because i didn't like you know it was fun to watch, like I said. Well, this is the kind of game that when you play it, you want to come up with something bad to say about it because it kicks your ass. Dude, yeah, it will piss you off. Right. It is rough. It's a it's a good challenge, you know. Yes, I like to be challenged, but sometimes, shit, man, stop spawning robots on me, you know. <laughs> um, or the the biggest thing is those boxes, okay? The little the boxes you shoot and flames go everywhere. I'll shoot the box, and I'll be running like hell, and it still hits me. I'm like, how's this even possible? I'm not even anywhere <laughs> in the circumference of where it shoots these fireballs out of. And you don't even get anything good out of them. It's usually just a little bit of energy or nothing. Nothing at all, most of the time. Well, it's, it, one thing about this game, is called Phantom 2040, so it's based in the year 2040. Yes, of course. 
it's just awesome. These are kind of things I like to see now that we're almost to the year 2020. Um, that's reading the backstory of this game that I found on Wikipedia. It's like uh, in the year 2040, environmental disasters and the economic resource wars of the early 21st century have had catastrophic effects upon the Earth's ecological balance. Ever-increasing polarization of wealth, along with the development of humanoid robotic biots, have resulted in a social demographic that leaves the majority of the world's population scavenging in the undercity slums, while a wealthy minority live luxurious lives in towering skyscrapers. <laughs> I love maximum. It. It's like, <laughs> maximum. Yeah, maximum. Was the name of the company that was the, uh, well, of course, the bad guys. So. Yes, and thing is that some of that stuff sounds accurate. Yeah, it it sounds like it's going on. Maybe it's Trump. I don't know. Maybe he's the... It's Maximum Towers. Trump Tower. Yeah, Trump Towers. It could be. But I I thought that was an interesting thing about the storyline. I know this is actually... um, It's based on a a comic, Scott? No, it was based on a cartoon series. It's a cartoon series. Okay. I forget which channel it was on. It was on one of those... One of those obscure TV channels. I can't remember if it was something we watched, like on a on satellite or something. Was channel out of Texas? Maybe one of the Texas local channels or something. What kills me is I don't even remember watching anything about this ever, except for the game itself. So, yeah, yeah I remember the- watching the cartoon series. It was it was a pretty good show. Yeah, I'm familiar with the cartoon a little bit. I actually was more familiar with Defenders of the Earth. Yeah, that was. That was one of uh, that was one of the Phantom from the game's ancestors. Yeah, I think I think I think the Phantom. I don't know if I don't. I'm not sure which one came out first, but it was either the Phantom was DC's answer to um, the Black Panther, or the Black Panther was Marvel's answer to the Phantom. I'm thinking that's the way it went. I think Marvel's came out after DC did. Yeah, because that's interesting in this game that you have to find a substance called the Panther. Yeah. What's well, the actual panther? Yeah. Like he has a panther, right? It's like his pet or something. Yeah. Yeah, well he now the original keep... Phantom did. Yeah. He had a panther. Original Panther. Yeah, original Phantom did have a panther, the one that was in the jungle, stuff like that now. And of course in this game it's the urban jungle. It's like the ruins of the which is essentially New York City was called Metropia or some shit. So Yeah, Metropia. Tropia. Well, you remember back in, the, I guess it was back in, the, um, it was either the late 80s or the early 90s, they had a movie that came out. It was called, you know, The Phantom. Billy Zane played the title character. He sure did. Billy Zane did some good stuff. He was in, um, what is that, Tales from the Crypt movie. Uh, that was Demon Knight. I yeah, loved that Demon movie. Knight. Demon that Knight. Yeah, that was pretty great. great. He's like, cuts his hand open and starts slinging his green blood everywhere and demons start coming out of the ground. <laughs> I also found an interesting note of the uh, review scores of this game when it came out. Um, Electronic Gaming Monthly gave it the Super Nintendo version a 6.875 out of 10. I'm not sure how they get 6.875 out of 10. That's a very specific number. And it says three of the four reviewers had an overall positive reaction to the game, though they criticized the constant spawning of robot enemies and the lack of originality. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Everybody Damn, was everybody pissed was off. pissed about the robots. Well, dude, they wreck your face. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> but if they didn't respawn, there there wasn't enough original enemies, like it's saying, for you to fight. I mean, if you didn't fight the... I mean, but that's the, part of the main story is these damn biots have gone insane. So they... I, I mean, yeah, they uh, technically they could start producing themselves. You know, sort of like Terminator kind of shit, you know? So, it's whatever. I actually enjoyed the game regardless of robots. I mean, I got I get mad at the robots. I play this game every other day, usually, to try to get better, faster at it, things like that. Another reviewer says, uh, his name's this, this guy, his name is Atomic Dog of uh, GamePro. He says, while cautioning that the game's high difficulty makes it suitable only for hardcore gamers... He said it's a rip-roaring action-adventure game that pumps the best elements of the genre. Fast-moving, side-view, beat-em-up action, multiple selectable weapons, and hordes of enemies. He also praised the excellent controls, graphics, and multiple endings. If you're gaming and you're not hardcore, give up. Yeah, this is exactly <laughs> what he's saying. He said to review the Genesis version with equal enthusiasm, commenting that if you hunger for a 16-bit challenge, 
Phantom 2040 is a feast made even more satisfying by lengthy replay value. So what you're saying, Zach, is definitely holding true to what they said back then in the 90s. It's a tough game, but that's a good thing. And it's got a lot of endings, so you can play this. You can spend your 50, 60 bucks or whatever it costs back there. I think they were only like 25 to $30, maybe 45 Yeah, Back, back then, the I think the most expensive game was about 40 bucks. Yeah, the Marios 40, were always more expensive than everything else. And then everything was like, everything else was like $25. Because I remember going to Walmart like, oh, I need $25. But of course, $25 back then was, you know, about 60 now, so... Well, of course, in our case, it costs us what two dollars and fourteen cents every few weekends, right? Yeah. Of course, or no, if you, well, yeah. And if you got it on Friday, you had to return it on Saturday. But if you got it on Saturday, you return it Monday. So it's always best to rent games on Saturday, um, and yes. get to keep them over that extra uh, Sunday. So yeah, because the store nice. owner has a policy of being closed on Sundays, which That's is right. always nice. That is correct. We rented so many games from there. So Dude, games. games and movies. Just, movies. We, what we I loved them. about them? VHS, boys and girls. <laughs> what I loved about them is you could rent, like you could be a 12 and rent an NC-17 movie there and they wouldn't even care. Yeah. Well, they, <laughs> they wouldn't even check rent. it. Well, they, they know your parents. I mean, it was a small town. They, if Oh, yeah, I, mean, I thought that was funny. That They just didn't care back then. Nowadays, you would probably have to take fill out some kind of application. And well, you got to show ID. Um, show your ID government regulations things like that oh yeah things are a lot stricter these days there's still video rental stores um nah, not really yeah no. some I um, think there might be one in in the town um next door to next to the, where I live I know there's Redbox still yeah, you can still it's rent them at Redbox technically the same thing I guess there's just no human there the the only humans that comes by it's like um I guess you would call them like a district manager or area manager or whatever. Anyway, they travel from box to box to put the new ones in there. They'll put a certain amount of new releases in each one, and then they just expect you to return them. But they have to do they do it at like early in the morning. That way, they don't disturb uh, people that are actually trying to to rent the the movies and stuff. Right. Well, it looks like we have said everything we can say today about Phantom 2040 for the Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and the Game Gear. And if you haven't played this game yet, give it a try. I mean, even if you have to hijack somebody's Super Nintendo. Yes, or <coughs> get the wrong. <coughs> oh, I didn't wrong. say anything. I didn't what? say that. Who are we talking about? That's what? not me. Um, well, guys, it is time for a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to be talking about a game called ReCore on the Xbox One. So stay tuned and enjoy this commercial break. Okay gamers, Chris here again. Did you know you could get a curated bundle of games worth over $100 for just 12 bucks a month? It's true and Humble Monthly does just that. Use our partner link tiny.cc slash hortongrim. Click on the monthly tab and sign up today. If you're a first-time buyer, you will receive 10% off your first purchase. Don't worry. They don't send you worthless games. No siree. Each game is selected based on user reviews on Steam. Only positive-reviewed games qualify. Remember, use our humble link, tiny.cc slash Horton Grimm, to check out Humble Monthly today to get awesome games, support charity, and support this podcast. Now, back to the show. Right, guys, welcome back from the break. We are now about to start talking about our present day game. I like presents. And, ooh, presents. <laughs> no, no present for you right now, Zach. I'm sorry. Oh, We're just talking uh, about a present day game. Oh, it's not present day. Damn no, it. We're not getting presents. I thought it was like Christmas in May here. No, sorry, bro. Kill I apologize me. for the uh, misunderstanding there. I, I was duped. <laughs> that's the only way we could get him to show up for the podcast guys so shot down that's all <laughs> but yeah so scott you chose this game it's called recore it is exclusive to the microsoft xbox and i believe you can also play it on the pc the xbox yeah it was uh it was one of the it, 
it was one of the Play Anywhere games. You had to buy it digitally on the Xbox One, and if you did, then it allowed you to have the ability to play it on your PC. Yeah, which is awesome. I love that feature. Well, it's I pretty need, awesome. I need to check this out, I guess. Also, what I've been playing it on is the Game Pass, Xbox Game Pass. That's a nine ninety nine a month. Yep, yep. This game is actually available on that, guys. So if you have Game Pass, you can play this game now without having to buy it, which I loved. thought it was awesome. So, Scott, what? why this game? What is so special about this game? Well, I liked it because it's, uh, you know, it's a platformer. I mean, there's a lot of jumping and climbing and things like that but it's also you know it's a third person action adventure game i don't know it just the the mechanics of the game i enjoy playing it it's uh you know your your character you have uh little robot companions that follow you around that help you fight and do you know their their extra combat mechanic involved with them and then it was just it was just a lot of fun i mean now it's a pretty much open world game. You, you you travel around and go wherever you want to go. Now, there are level requirements. You have to be a certain level and, and have so many of a certain item to be able to get into to, to the different dungeons and things like that. But aside from that, you know, you, you there's a lot of combat that you can get into just running around out in the world. Now, the, the mobs, the monsters that you fight, the they're, they're pretty, I don't know, they're very aggressive and, and a lot of them, some of them are hard to kill. One of the things I like about the combat is that, uh, you know, in this game, you they have what they call cores, all right? And the core, depending on the color of the core, it determines what kind of damage these monsters or these robots do. Uh, say the red core, it does fire damage, and the blue cores do... Um, electrical damage. Electrical damage. And the yellow, it, uh, it kind of just slows you down. If they hit you with, with their attack, the yellow robots hit you with their attack, then it, you... It, it kind of holds you in place so that they can they can come in and attack. Now, one of the aspects of combat is once you once you knock them down to a certain amount of energy, once you knock a certain amount of life off of them, you have the ability to uh, throw out a, a grappling line and yank the core out of them, and it, that immediately destroys the robot that you're fighting. But also gives you the core that they had in the in the that they was using to power that robot. It gives you that core, and you use those cores that you collect, use the energy from them to upgrade your robot companions. There's several different uh, robot companion frames that you can find, and when you start the game, you start out with a canine frame. His name is Max. And his core is blue. So he does some sort of electrical damage whenever you send him into attack. I just, I like the, the customization part of that. Where you can you can gather up the materials and do the research of the blueprints. And change the parts of the robot. You make them look at, you know, look different ways. And plus it gives them uh, different attack, different attack points, different health points. Just to upgrade. You upgrade them with the different uh, materials and parts. Yes, I and I've been playing this game too since you told me about it, and that's one of the things I find pretty refreshing about this game is the core bots that you can put as your companions because the system, when you go to your workbench inside your ship, is actually really simple to do, and you collect all these things as you're playing the game. You destroy a barrel or destroy a box, and it gives you these parts that you will collect, and you get these little red, uh, blue, and yellow shards that you keep that well, you push those into your core bot as basically XP and you can increase their defense, increase their attack, increase their, um, forget the other one, but there's three different categories you can increase to make them more powerful. And this game does it pretty darn well to where it doesn't slow you down so much from playing the game. It's just a quick, let's pop into the ship. Okay, cool. We got our cores. Let's upgrade the core bots with Let's learn some blueprints, and boom, we're going back out to uh, adventure around. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the fact that you can uh, have access to two of your companions at a time. Now, I think there's like five different frames. I mean, of course, the, you start out with the canine frame, and then later in the game you get the spider frame for the core bot. You know, the, the canine frame, like I said earlier, his name's Max. The spider frame's name is Seth, and you get him... Whenever you meet uh, one of the other maintenance techs that got trapped in his crawler somewhere on the other side of the uh, other side of the map, I don't approve of naming this spider Seth. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. And then later on in the game, you find a lost crawler, a lost craft, and it has a a, a core bot whose name is Duncan, and it's a a large like, like a primate, ape? like an ape. Yeah, it's like an ape. 
And it you, you use him, if you put him in your party and you come up on an obstacle, like blocking a door or something, you put you pull him out and send him after it, and he crushes the whatever the obstacle is. He can smash it and get it out of the way. I mean, he's he's a pretty strong, pretty strong frame. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like the spider frame because like there's areas where you have to do some climbing, and it's like um, I don't know what it, what is it like tonic like a track or something. You once you walk when you walk up to it, you throw the you send the bot up to it, and it like climbs up it like a tram or something, and drags yeah. you along on a on a on on your cable or whatever. Yeah, you get to like basically ride along. You get pulled yeah. behind. Yeah, it's um, pretty cool. That's another thing I like about this game is there's these little robots you can find. They're little green guys, and they're called core. I guess they're called core bots too. I guess. Um, you put you have to find so many of them to power up say a fence or a, a little tractor beam thing that helps you uh, explore the level further. So you have to go around the level. Of course, you run into enemies that randomly pop out of the sand or uh, these little flying things that are shooting you in the ass as you're running away and you can't see where the hell it's coming from and you're getting burned and stuff. Usually it's red. So what I've encountered so far, they're usually the, the red enemies or so they're burning my ass. And uh, But it's it's just a really satisfying game because you collect the little guys and you go and you advance past the gate. Then you fight a boss. It's got some sweet boss fights. Oh, yeah. I like the first boss fight, that giant, um, I forget what it was called, uh, something Fang. I can't, it had, it, that was the first prismatic core you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was neat looking robot, man. It was, it, it was cool. What was crazy about the, the second boss you had to fight was the one where you're trying to uh, turn on the power. So you're basically trying to turn the power on to the whole area, to the whole colony, the area that you're in, that you're crash landed in, basically. Yeah, that's and, the, the, the pylon or whatever, right? Yeah, the pylon, that's what it's called. And the boss in that, actually, you get down towards at his last bit of health and you try to steal the core. Well, it's got a little mini game type of thing when you're trying to pull a core out is you have to watch this little thing on the rope. And if it gets, if the rope starts turning red and that thing's too close, then it can zap you with electricity or something like that. But with fighting this boss, if you don't successfully pull out the core, he starts healing himself back up. Damn. So then you got to fight him down again. His shield and everything comes back. Forget that. But the cool thing about the core bots that you have with your companion is you can hit, I believe it's X or Y. It could be Y. You hit the Y button and it'll attack, do its special attack on the enemy you're fighting. So, but you only have like seven or eight charges, and once you get it down low enough, it only will rebuild back up to two. And then, uh, but also your companion can die, so then you have to go up to him and revive him while you're trying to fight the boss. If you that if that happens to you, so it's, it's a lot of stuff going on in this game, and it's just really pretty cool. And I was just reading Scott when you were talking about the Game Pass and everything and Play Anywhere program. I just read on the Wikipedia page this was actually the first game that was released for that program. Oh yeah, that's yeah. cool. So this was the first title that they put in the Xbox Play Anywhere program, so you can download it to your PC if you purchase it on your Xbox. That's pretty cool. So it was actually has two different release dates. It was released in 2016, and it was also released again in 2017 for the PC. And it was called, but they called it the Definitive Edition, where they added some more stuff to it. new areas and new story content, and they fixed some of the stuff that people had complained about uh, quality of life type of deals. I could see where they put a lot of work into this game. I was surprised about it because I didn't even know what this game was when you said, "Hey, let's talk about Recore." I was like, "What?" <laughs> Yeah, I'd seen the previews before, and I was very interested in it, but I, of course I don't have an Xbox, so I don't know where to actually find it on a computer. So. Well, you have to buy it. Yeah, you would have to purchase it on Xbox to play it on your computer. That's right. You have to buy the digital copy and download it, and then once you do that, you pull up your Xbox app on your computer, and oh, it really? gives you access to the game, yeah. Got you can't it. just go buy it for PC. Oh. You have to buy it for Xbox, and then you can purchase it. Or then you can just download it to your computer through that program. Yeah, once you buy it for the Xbox, you get it for free for the PC. I think they should do that for any game you purchase one time, and you got multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. Just I agree. No, I think it's an awesome program that Microsoft has. But yeah, Freecore, it's... I know if you guys want to know a little bit about the story of it. It is set 200 years in the future. 200? 200. Was there like a nuclear bombing or something? Or No, there was a, a disease. It was called, what was it? The dust? Dust Devil Plague. 
Dust Devil, yeah, that's it. It started ravaging the earth, okay? So an organization named Mandate led an effort to fight the disease. So as the earth was becoming inhabitable, they found this planet they call Far Eden. And it was just many light years away. So what they had to do was basically put these people in cryosleep for 200 years to get to Far Eden. But they also had to wait for a terraforming process to complete so that the land would be inhabitable. And this place is a, it's like it's like a sand, rocky, mountainy area. So it's really like not a pleasant place to be to live. It's not a good place to be. So and basically, it's like a Mad Max situation. Yeah, it's sort of like that. What happens is um, the Corbots become corrupted during this whole process of terraforming and all that. So the whole thing does not go to plan. And our main character here, her name is Jewel Adams. She wakes up trying to figure out what the hell's going on because everything is so messed up. It's not even close to where it's supposed to be. So she's trying to figure out how to get everything back online and sit and solve what, you know, what happened to the whole colony and everything. So that's where you start out. You're kind of like blinded. You don't know anything either. You're just kind of going in with her, which is pretty neat. And it's and it's set like it's third person view. It's a platformer, and it's got that you can double jump and use a dash. So to jump far distances, which I think is really well done. Double jump and then you can dash. Or you can jump, dash, then jump again. So as long as you fit those, as long as you do, you can dash, jump, jump. You know, you can fit that pattern in to explore the area. Um, So the controls and the exploration is really cool. Now, the one thing about the game that I don't care for is the massiveness of it. It's huge. So you don't like the exploration or... It's good. It, it, there's not a lot to discover. Is the thing you oh, can. So there's there's a big map, but no content. Right. You might run across like an enemy or something here yeah. and there, but you can go across a huge gap, a huge area. It take you three or four minutes to cross it, and nothing happens. You're just exp- going across this area, and you can fall to your death in random places. I was at this pit. And it's like, oh, we need to find a way to go around. It's okay, so I'm trying to find a way to go around. I jumped over this little piece of metal, and then boom, it's like slid me right down into the pit. I was like, no, <laughs> damn. It's like, no, that you can't. You have to go. You have to find a way around the pit. I'm like, what? Well, this? That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> she threw me down in the pit anyway. You evil game. And one thing I have a problem with, and I don't know if anybody else has this problem with the game. It may just be be me. I downloaded it to my Xbox through the Game Pass, and I can't hear any of the voices in the cutscenes. Like, it might start talking, and then boom, it just cuts off. I can hear the music and the sound effects, but no voices. Luckily, you know, there is subtitles, so I can see what's going on. But I don't know if that's a problem that anybody else has had or not. I did look it up on the internet and found a couple people had the problem. But the only solution I saw was to reinstall the game. I'm like, I'm not doing that. That is ridiculous. Now see, I, I've got the you. You've got the digital copy you got from the Game Pass. I've got the hard copy, like you buy the disc at the store. Okay. I've got I've got the hard copy, so I wasn't able to actually play it on my PC. I've had to play it all on the Xbox One because I didn't have the digital copy. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh well, I am playing it on the Xbox One. I'm not, I didn't download the PC version. Um, yeah, because right. I don't think Game Pass allows you to do the play. No, anywhere. it doesn't. You have to. You have to actually buy it, as far as I know. But I, I'm not going to buy it because I can play it on the Game Pass. I mean, I, right. when I saw it was on the Game Pass, I was excited because I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't have to buy this, or download it illegally somehow, which I don't think there is a way, honestly, because it's for Xbox only. So but what do you I, mean illegal? We don't do anything illegal. I mean, uh, what's wrong with you? I don't know. I gotta go to the bathroom. Who said that? What are you talking about? See, <laughs> but. <laughs> There's no, there was no way to do that with this game, and luckily it's on Game Pass. Thank you, Xbox, for putting this game on Game Pass because it's worth the play. It's really fun. Maybe I should start looking for it. Let's see. Yeah, and see, I like the, I like the aspect of the rifle that she carries. The, the weapon that you use, you change the, you change the colors of the ammunition. You change the color of the ammunition because mm-hmm. you can, you can cycle it through red, blue, red, blue, yellow, or white. Now, white is what you start out with. And then later, as you progress through the game, you get the different co- the other three colors. And if you you know you come across a red enemy, you turn it to red, and it does the maximum amount of damage. If you use light colors against the you know red for red, blue for blue, and so forth. Now there are so, there are some enemies who are green and purple, 
I haven't seen any any other color combinations like orange or anything like that. Sometimes blue works against purple and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you have to use red versus purple. And then while you're combat while you're fighting them, they'll change colors on you. Yep. Those, you know, the ones that are like purple or, or green, they'll change colors on you. They'll either go to red or blue for purple and then green or, or blue or yellow for, you know, the the green ones. And it flip-flops back and forth. Occasionally, they even go back to white. That's a interesting mechanic involved in combat. You have to be paying attention to what color they are so you can switch the color of your ammunition to match the enemy, you know, match what their color is. Now, that does kind of add another level of challenge to everything. Yeah, and that, that actually that's a welcome challenge for me. I thought it was pretty neat. I was playing it, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, you got a red enemy, you better switch it to red. Because yeah, I had just got the red gun, the red piece of the gun, the, the add-on to it. And then it's like, okay, if you got a red enemy, use red. But then it was saying, I was fighting a blue one, and it says, hey, if you use the red on the blue, you have a chance of causing fire damage on them. So they've made it to where it's like, well, do I pick red? To fight this blue guy or to switch to blue to fight the blue guy? Yeah, because every once in a while if you're fighting, say say you're, you you just got through killing a red a red enemy and then a blue one pops up and you, you didn't switch to blue and you start shooting the blue guy with the red ammo, then it'll show uh, immune or no effect, something like that against that guy. And then you got to switch back. Then you got to switch over to blue and start shooting and dock him down, do damage. And then you switch back to red. And then it has an effect on it. It's definitely a cool challenge. Like I was talking about that boss I was fighting who healed himself. He did the same thing. He would change colors, too. He would start off uh, white, then he would switch to red, and he switched to blue, and then he switched to yellow. And then he would charge at me and knock the shit out of me. <laughs> like I tried to dash away from him. I was jumping and dashing, dashing. I could succeed every once in a while. But once at a time, it would come up on me and knock me with his head. I died on that boss a couple of times. Yeah, that was the one that looked like the ram, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. And it actually, could, you could see the effect of switching colors on it, and it did help, you know, did help. So it's satisfying in that element that they use it properly. Yeah, this, yeah the game's the game's pretty fun, man. It's it's definitely a, a good game if you just want to sit down at your Xbox, you know, you just want to play. You just got a good amount of challenge. There's there's puzzles to figure out, you know, you got to jump, there's jumping puzzles or or climbing puzzles and shit like that i mean it's just i don't know it's 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 got everything as far as i can tell sounds like you would recommend the game for a good a good go huh i would anybody that wants to anybody that wants to play it i mean or anybody that likes that kind of game a good platformer with action adventure elements to it i mean it's it's just a really good game yeah this is the kind of game that i would like to see scott do a little live stream on horton brothers grim youtube channel yeah yeah i need to i need to see some of that action scott (laughs) I need yeah, to see you out let's there. Watch him play. Watch him play. And uh, yeah, go to YouTube. Go to the YouTube channel Horton Brothers Graham guys and subscribe because Scott's going to be on there playing this game, so you can get a first hand look at it. I think you're really going to love it. I I don't know if a certain video is about to emerge. I'm not sure when it's coming <laughs> out, but Mega Man X will be streamed sometime this week as well. Um, also, I'm thinking about playing some Phantom 2040 this week stream. Wednesday night, possibly, for... I'd, I'd say I would do an hour of Mega Man X. So, I'm going to go ahead and schedule that Wednesday night. So, guys, when you're listening to this podcast, you're probably listening to this podcast around Thursday or after. So, go to that channel and watch the replay of all that good stuff. There's going to be replays... <laughs> of that so go and check it out well that'll end our discussion on the game of record and scott i want to say thanks for bringing this game up i when you first mentioned it i was seriously like what but when i got to play in it and everything i've seen the advertisement i never actually got into the gameplay of course because i don't have an xbox so but i did look and you can purchase the game through the microsoft store um it is xbox play anywhere but it is in the microsoft store on your windows 10 so windows 10 Xbox. Oh, that's cool. There you go. Well, that's good news. So go out there and check it out, guys, if you have PC or Xbox. And again, Scott, thanks for bringing this up. This is actually one of my favorite games to play right now. So good job, well, that's my cool. friend. Glad I ha- I'm glad I could give you a good recommendation. You did. You did. And guys, listen to this podcast. Go, go try it out. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk about the future game, which I am very, very excited about because this is the one I got to pick. 
called Pray for the Gods. It's an awesome freaking game. So we'll see you guys after the break. Horton Brothers Grimm listeners, do you love our podcast? Do you find yourself wanting more of our witty banter and underwhelming knowledge of video games? Then you are in luck. Go to our YouTube channel for Let's Plays and live streams of retro games featuring all three brothers. To find our channel, just click the link in the description of this episode or search Horton Brothers Grimm on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell while you're there so you never miss a new video. We want to thank you again for all your support. But now, let's get you back to the show. All right, guys, welcome back from the break. Thank you so much for hanging in there. Now we're about to talk about the future game. And this topic was chosen by me. And this is a game I've been anxious to play for so long since I've heard about it back in 2015, I believe, when I heard about this game. It's called Pray for the Gods. And it will be coming out on the PC, the PlayStation 4, and the Xbox One. The release date is sometime in 2018. The release was pushed back due to the studio only employing three people, and the game is huge. Plus, they had a little lawsuit issue that they had to deal with, so that took away from their development. Bethesda decided that they wanted to sue Pray for the Gods because they spelled Pray, P-R-E-Y. And, of course, we all know that Bethesda has a game called Pray, P-R-E-Y. So Bethesda decided to protect their copyright in the video game titles. And they put a lawsuit on this small studio called No Matter Studios of three gentlemen. That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they have a quote here from No Matter Studio about this lawsuit. While we disagree with their opposition, we were able to come to an agreement. It was something that kept us up many nights and no doubt shifted our focus from our game frequently. Worrying about the outcome if we went to trial, if we'd lose our fans or walk away from the mark and still potentially get sued for millions on trademark infringement. It's really something no starting company should have to deal with, let alone a tiny team of three. So the fact that we came out the other end intact, still developing the game, was a win. Now, when he said that, is because they agreed to change the title of their game. Uh, from P-R-E-Y to P-R-A-E-Y for the <laughs> That's gods. That's insane. Oh my god. <laughs> Thanks, Bethesda. You fucked up. Just the, yeah. Just that out there. Thanks, Bethesda. You come up with a new way to spell the word pray, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> so they changed the name and got out of the lawsuit there. Bethesda has a little quote here from their vice president, Pete Hines. He says that their company didn't have much of a choice in opposing No Matter Studios' trademark request. If we don't oppose the mark, we risk losing our prey trademark, and that isn't acceptable. Unfortunately, that's how trademark law works. So... Bethesda is saying that they had no choice. That doesn't make any sense. They had plenty of a choice. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. But, and unfortunately, in this kind of business, those things happen. No matter studios picked, hey, we want to be able to make our game against. The hell wouldn't you? I mean, you barely had any money to begin with, you know? Yeah. I mean, they've been developing this game since 2014. That's what I'm saying. It's a lot of work for three people, and... You know, they don't have, like, a lot of money just to throw around, but Bethesda's been around for a long time. They they should be able to... I mean, hell, why not even try to acquire these three guys that have made this beautiful game? You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, give them a paycheck. Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Screw them What over. are they going to do next? Sue the damn dictionary? Sue Webster's Webster's dictionary for having yeah. the, the definition for prey in the dictionary? <laughs> you cannot <laughs> use this, Webster. This word's not been around, but... Till we said so. Oh yeah, so it's 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 a, it's a sad state it's of affairs, stupid. really, that this <laughs> even happened. Um, because this game, as Zach had said, is beautiful. All right, this game is the reason I chose it because I'm a huge fan of the game Shadow of the Colossus, which of course everyone should know that it is a game where you fight these gigantic colossi, and they're huge, massive beasts, and you have to climb them and find their weak spots and kill them. Well, Pray for the Gods takes a little bit of that same gameplay. You're fighting these huge monsters. Well, they're gods. They're they're actual yeah, gods. Gods. 
Yeah, they're gods. I'll say that. They're gods. Monsters, as I said, but they are gods. And the main character is there to save the desolate frozen land because there's a huge blizzard. Uh, it's just basically a, kind of like a magical spell over the area that's frozen it and it's all snowy and cold. In this game, you play a lone hero sent to the edge of a dying world to discover the mystery behind a never-ending winter. Arriving with only the clothes on your back, you must survive the colossal dangers that you encounter. To restore balance and reclaim the land from the brink, you will be faced with questions that not even a god knows the answers to. So, this game really looks awesome. I know you've both watched the trailer I sent you. You're climbing through snow. One of the cool things about this game is once you go, like you're traveling and you're trying to explore the area, and you... Say you hit a dead end, you can look and follow your tracks back. Your tracks stay in the snow. Oh, that is cool. So you can follow it back to where you was and go exploring somewhere else. But you also, if it gets too cold and you don't have the proper gear stuff on, you have to find shelter. So you might be on the verge of going to kill on this boss or the god, and you see him, but then all of a sudden the wind changes and the weather gets even colder and more brutal. Then you have to stop and figure out a way to find a cave or somewhere where you can find shelter and get yourself warmed up. So there's there's challenges in the game except just the gods. You know, like in Shadow of Colossus, one of the things people have complained about in that game, especially when I live streamed it on my channel, they complain about there not being anything to fight. The only thing you do is you explore a vast area, you find the colossi, you kill it. In this game, there's actually going to be different kind of uh, monsters and things to fight or different types of enemies that you will encounter throughout your exploration. So it's one of the things they've added into the game, which I think is a really good idea and it keeps, you know, makes it more of a challenge except for just going to fight in a big boss. Yeah, definitely. It. it would keep it more interesting. Yeah. I think it adds to that type of style of game. And some of the core features of the game is you are, of course, fighting giants where you have to climb them and stuff, just like Shadow Colossus. You have uh, a vast and mysterious frozen world with dynamic snow terrain that you must traverse. So the snow, like I was saying, it's, it actually can change on you in an instant and make it where you have to reroute your whole game plan. Um, so it's a survival gameplay, so you got to survive. you got to find food. you got to find shelter, things like that. Explore mysterious temples, and it contains secrets and treasures. So this is another cool thing I like about this game. That kind of would enhance Shadow Colossus. You find hidden areas and caves that you have to explore. And you find treasure. I'm sure the treasure is probably going to be kind of like Zelda where you have better weapons, better armor, things of that nature. Um, there's a day-night cycle, so nice. it, can, it will turn from day to night. And the weather is dynamic, as we said. Non-linear gameplay, so you can go and choose. You can go battle whoever you want to, whenever you want to, if you can reach them. So like in Shadow Colossus, you have to play them in order. This game, you can go fight any of the bosses you want, as long as you can figure out how to get to them. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that would work. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And when you kill the 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 gods, then you actually loot and get better weapons. And the musical score is being done in house. Oh wow! Oh wow! That's cool. So they got three people in this development studio, and it's being done in house. It is insane. I listened to that. I'm subscribed to their newsletter. They sent a newsletter today, and I was watching. And at the bottom of it, there was two YouTube videos of samples of the music that's going to be in the game, and it's on par with Shadow of Colossus, Legend of Zelda games. It's beautiful. It's it's a beautiful soundtrack, and again, it's just one dude doing it. He's in charge of it. And he goes out, and of course, he's getting choir people to do some of the tests and stuff like that. So what do you guys think so far about what I've talked uh, so about? So far, the game seems pretty interesting. I'm, I would be willing to give it a shot. I was kind of skeptical skeptical to begin with. Yeah, I'm watching the, um, the trailers, and I enjoy watching uh, Shadow Colossus. As long as it's going to be on PC, pretty sure I'll give it a try. Oh, yeah, it's definitely going to be on PC. Um, they got delayed. This game got delayed. It was supposed to come out last year, at the end of 2017, but they ended up pushing it back because they wanted to fine-tune the game. They even come out straight up and said, hey, look, we've discovered different techniques on how to add the cutscenes and different software that helps us improve those cutscenes. So we decided that instead of releasing it now and trying to go ahead and update it later, they're going to hold off and add these things in. Kind of like how Nintendo does with Zelda games. They always delay them until they're perfect. 
So this studio, even though there are three guys, you know these guys have got to be wanting to sell this game. Oh, get no it doubt. Out there. I mean, this game right here will put them on the map. Oh, yeah. They've been working on this game for four years. Three of them. And you know that they're going to need no that doubt. money. They want to get that sales. But they are waiting to get a better quality product, which makes me respect it a whole lot more. And the thing is, they, they have based the gameplay. Here's what they say. This is came straight from their website. They're combining the gameplay of Shadow of the Colossus, Deus Ex, DayZ, and Bloodborne. Good God. So they're trying to wrap those four games into this game. So they're using different techniques and stuff that those games use and applying it to what they're trying to do in their game. Um, and they're actually allowing it where you can play it with the keyboard or a gamepad. So you can use mouse and keyboard. Or a gamepad, so it's designed for both. And of course, you can move, dodge, climb. You control from a third. You control the hero from a third person perspective the whole time. And the dodging feature is very crucial because you know you can get smashed by a big giant god. Mm. <laughs> so you might want to dodge. <laughs> so they do have that in the game. <laughs> and uh, they've got the combat is fast paced, so it's not a slow combat system or anything. So you're gonna have a fast paced combat. And but the cool thing is they've made it to where you decide how to fight and you decide decide how to survive weapons can break arrows are not infinite so you got to make every shot count that's cool is there going to be a crafting element to it as far as i can tell there's not they haven't said anything in what i've read that there would be a crafting but you have to find you will just be able to find stuff there's also a grapple hook kind of like in zelda you can get a grapple hook and to latch onto different things uh, basically what they want you to do is kind of like trial and error find the weakness climb and defeat them so you're going to get killed a lot in this game <laughs> you're going to die it's one of those games where you're going to die quite a bit or hopefully there's a hopefully there's a good um there's a good save system involved or installed in the game yeah because passwords suck <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks phantom 2040 yeah passwords are terrible i don't think they're going to the password system from the 90s i think they're going <laughs> modern day with it yeah, it sucked. Not a lot of not a lot of the games had batteries in them back then. Yeah, that's so. true. <laughs> now I will admit it doesn't talk a lot about the save files in this on their website or anything that I've read, but I'm sure that it's going to be a you know update. It may have the system. auto auto save. Yeah, feature. I figured it'd be an auto save. Oh, that's the way most most games are nowadays. Now, as I, I was just going to say, it sounds it sounds like it's going to be a pretty good game. I mean, I just like. Oh, it's definitely going to be good. Just watching the, you know, watching from the trailer and the the stuff that the videos that are out. I mean, it just it looks really good. I don't know. It looks like it'd be pretty good. Oh yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Well, I was talking about the the music and stuff earlier. The guy's name is Ian Dorsch, and he's a 15 year veteran of writing music and stuff for games, and he's on their team. So the stuff that he's putting out right now, this what I listen to is just amazing. I I, I, re, I double down on that because I definitely encourage anybody listening and you too, of course, to go to their newsletter, to their website, PrayForTheGods.com, P-R-A-E-Y, ForTheGods.com, mm-hmm. and uh, get the newsletter and get to the first one that you'll see, it will have the YouTube links for the samples and telling you right now, you're going to fall in love with this game just by the music alone. Let's see, I've, let me look at my notes here to make sure I got everything covered. Well, see, I was looking at the FAQ that they put on their website, and again, their, their release date's 2018. They have not said a certain date. Now, that's them. They have said that it's going to release in 2018. That's it. They have not released a date at all. We're already halfway through the year, so I'm expecting it to be in the fall at some, at some right. time. And it looks like the uh, the engine they used to, to, to build this game, it says it was the, the Unity 2017. Um, Unity mm-hmm. is the same engine that they used to develop ReCore. Yes. So that's yep, exactly. That's pretty good. Yeah, Unity's a really nice it's a really nice platform. A lot of games these days are made through Unity. Now a lot of people make if you go to Steam, you're gonna a lot of the crappy games you find will probably use the Unity free yeah. version. Because <laughs> if you'll know if you're playing a Unity free version game if it says that this game was developed in Unity at the beginning of the game. A lot of times, if you buy it, you're not. It's not gonna. That's not gonna be in front of the game. Here it goes. How big is No Matter Studios? It's the FAQ. It says No Matter Studios is three developers. <laughs> that's it. Do you need have a need for sound or music? Not at this time. Oh, and this sucks for us right here. I'm a YouTube streamer. Can I have a free copy to review? It's <laughs> time. We're not giving out free keys to our access to the game. <laughs> and right now they have five to eight bosses planned. Now, of course, they are doing a Kickstarter. If you guys be interested in checking out their Kickstarter. 
it's pray for the gods. I, th- I believe they're still going with it, but they've already raised all the money they need to make the core game. But if they, the more funding they get, the more bosses they can put into the game. So right now it's going to retain between five and eight. They have planned out that are definitely going to be, they can definitely put in the game. They just don't have fun. They probably are going to end up with about five or six, I figure. And this game will not have multiplayer. Sorry, guys. Um, no multiplayers. And, of course, if you watch the trailer on YouTube, it says it's a trailer CGI or in-game. It says the trailer is 100% in-game and shows real gameplay. Yes, the climbing is real. So the beauty of this game is real. They're, they're not. I don't think these guys would lie. I really don't feel that these guys would tell us a lie. I think that they've actually recorded the real gameplay for these trailers. Just based on what I've seen about the lawsuit and all that, I just don't see why they would lie. They are only three of them. If they lie and it comes back on them, that's going to crush their whole studio. It's just gone. So I don't feel like they're lying about that. But guys, if you will check the description of this episode, I will have some links to the trailers and the the Pray for the Gods website down in the description of the podcast. So if you want to check these things out for yourself, they'll be easily available to you down below. All right, well, I think that'll be our podcast for this episode i think we were about done now all we gotta do is talk about a couple little things first off scott where can everybody find you out there on the good old internet um you can find me on youtube at the games of death that's the name of my channel death is spelled d-e-t-h which is short for death dealer my my screen name gamer handle if you will come by check it out subscribe drop a like it helps us out and Zach, where's what, what's the roadmap to you find you out there? Well, you can start off at YouTube, and that is Genova Destro. That is two words on YouTube, so Genova Destro. And on Twitch, it's just one word, Genova Destro. And on Twitter, where you're looking at at Genova Destro, if you want to uh, get my attention rapidly. So just let me know if you need anything, and we'll go from there. Beautiful. And Chris, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, thank you for asking. <laughs> I am on YouTube as Bang Bang Potato. Just, say, just search for Bang Bang Potato. I'm the only one out there, I promise you. And you can also find me on Twitter at Bang Bang Potato 1 because there is actually somebody out there called Bang Bang Potato on Twitter. And I tried to get it from them and they won't reply. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And you can also contact all three of us at once by going to our Twitter account at Horton Grimm. You can also check out our website, HortonBrothersGrimm.com, to find all the places you can listen to this podcast if you don't like where you're listening to it right now. Also, can find our YouTube channels and stuff there real easily. You also can find all these links and stuff that we're talking about down in the description of this podcast. Don't worry, you don't have to write this stuff down. It's all yes, out there for click you. Click the linkies. Click the linkies. You can find us really quickly. Now, before we leave, we're going to talk about. The games we're going to talk about on our next podcast on our retro past game. I get to choose it, and I have chosen GoldenEye 64 on the Nintendo 64, so that's going to be awesome. And that was actually per request from one of our listeners, so thank you, Wade, nice for requesting that. That ought to be fun, talking about sniper rifles. Hell yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> and Zach, you chose the present day game. What game have you selected? It is Forgotten Anne. Forgotten and so that will be our next present day topic. And Scott, you have selected the future game of tomorrow. What is it going to be? On? The title of that up, up, upcoming game is Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, even when they freaking release it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we will dig into that mystery very, very goodly. Very goodly. Very Should goodly. I'm talking about Donald Trump now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's more George Bush. That's Junior. Either way, one last thing <laughs> before we one last thing before we exit the podcast. Guys, please take care of us and hit that five star review on iTunes and leave a little comment down there. Remember, we're looking for Scotty Waddy oh Potty. And uh and if you want to say something else, maybe supporting Scott and him hating that, that's fine too. Just go ahead and support Scotty Waddy Potty or go anti Scotty Waddy Potty. Doesn't matter to us. Just let us know what you think down in the comment and hit that five star rating. Helps our podcast grow. Thank you so much. You are the best. All right. Well, Scott. Like and subscribe. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Like and subscribe. That's perfect. Do it. Just like and subscribe. You know you want to. Click the linkies.
Click the link, it's really quick. Yeah, check out our YouTube channel, Horn Brothers Graham. We're going to have Let's Play videos. We're going to have segments of this podcast. We're going to have live streams. Check it out. All right, guys. We'll say goodbye to everybody real fast in a hurry. And I'll uh, Goodbye. So, um, yeah. Uh, later. What? Sorry. That was Bye. Bye.